0: Ah, oh, for Christ's sake, Anakin. Well, and welcome to episode 52 of For Christ's Sake, Anakin. I'm your host, Matthew Negevauer, coming to you live to air on this Thursday, January 23rd. It is uh, Picard Day, known note in the day. I know Picard Day is supposed to be uh, June 16th, but the series coming out. I'll get there in a second. Uh, I'm coming to you live to air from... Pretty, pretty cool, pretty warm for January. Suburban Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Uh, on this is Thursday, if in Churchland. Thursday after the second Sunday of Epiphany. And speaking of Epiphany, we're going to be looking at... Uh, doing something a little different. Um, looking at a, a comic book I've been reading. It's, on, it's an indie comic on the uh, Ahoy Comics label. Second Coming by, uh, let's see here, I've I issue six by Mark Russell and Richard Pace. So story by Mark Russell, art by Richard Pace, and uh, so Leonard Kirk uh, of of Black from Black Panther uh, adds in some of the, the finishing touches there. You can see the cover of issue six, uh, in the in the show art, uh, a beautiful cover by Amanda Connor and Paul Mounts, uh, very vibrant, yes, front and center, that is Jesus, <laughs> sort of, I'll get there in a bit too, uh, I said I'll get to Picard, yeah, so, uh, today's Picard Day comes out in just over an hour from now, uh, recording this at about 10 to 8 p- Eastern time, p.m. Eastern Time, and uh, hopefully I will, in future episodes, as part of my expanding Ventures here on for Christ's sake Anakin beyond just Star Wars certainly beyond the saga films I definitely want to go into Picard and share my thoughts there as It's about my childhood a little bit, you know, harkening back to growing up with TNG uh, so Look at look for that look for me on on your social streams on your podcast streams, whatever wherever you get this show Uh yeah, for, for my reactions to Picard. But I wanted to dive in to Second Coming and, and just a bit of background to so it. Came out, I believe, in the summer, so I would have been in Edmonton then, in, in the midst of just my own circumstances, in the midst of the hospital chaplaincy program and a very interfaith, explicitly confessional interfaith hospital chaplaincy program. A lot of time for reflection. And... Uh, it it the the comic kind of drops. It uh, it was going to be printed by DC. They of course faced the backlash and of course caved into the backlash. So I'm gonna get some water here. Caved into fan backlash. Oh, you can't have a comic that makes fun of Jesus and and whatnot and uh, or supposedly makes fun of Jesus. And I wonder if they even read the comic, um, I mean, or even read the uh, the what's the ashcan, the previews of it, because it do not really make fun of Jesus. It doesn't try and get Christian doctrine at all correct. <laughs> um, it takes Son of God and kind of runs with it, and and some of those those things are a bit overdone, and I'll get to that in a bit. The the underlying premise, so it was taken up by an independent publisher called Ahoy, and the, uh, the the first arc just concluded, and so it's one of the reasons why I'm getting to it, to look back and talk about my experience of reading this comic. Again, it, it, I know this isn't the usual fare for FCSA, but again, I'm expanding and, and like to go into this, and do want to give the comics I'm reading some more love. Generally, a lot of those are Star Wars, don't worry. Um <laughs> uh, this one's called Second Coming, and the premise, as you can see on um, with the the show art here, the cover, that is Jesus, and that is a an alien superhero called Sunstar. There is a a, a tradition within comics of and within genre fandom of having pairing Jesus with a uh, a conventional superhero like Superman or whoever, and you're really using that to be a meditation on power and on expectations and on fame and all those themes that can come up when you especially contrast the, uh, this is a too facile thing, but people talk about the Christ of faith and the Jesus of history, Um, right? I mean, as, as someone, you know, me who, who, is a confessing believing christian faithfully attending an anglican church went to a bible study last night all that for me the the christ of faith and the jesus of history are of course one and the same the jesus we read in the gospels you know i believe in the only begotten son of god god from god light from light so uh you know what but what we do see here, and this is so getting back to the point of a bit of a, I don't want to say a trope, but a a, a way of talking and meditating about power in a changing world. And, you know, this in definitely in the Trump administration, in uh, just in a time when, and I've gone on record before of saying there's some. Branches of evangelical Christianity that can't be trusted with political power anymore. <laughs> and uh, I, I really went for it in, in a previous episode. But that gives us a great opportunity then, okay, let's look at what Jesus is like in the Gospels, this character in the Gospel narratives. And he does go there, you know, Mark Russell does go there does, is very, at least in in some respects, right? There are places where he doesn't quite go, but at least in the image of a, a very gentle, compassionate, benign per- <clears throat> person who wants to call the best in others, sorry. <coughs> sorry about that, I gotta breathe through my diaphragm. <clears throat> Believe in the best in others, and and yeah, even whoever they are in whatever station they're at, especially those who are who are poor and I uh, think what you know goes hangs out with with drug addicts and gets into prison one time. It's a very fascinating contrast with this superhero who goes off and kicks the bad guys behind and you know takes them out and saves a bunch of innocent people. And yet at the, the emotional core of this story is he has a partner and, and they do get engaged and they really want a kid and they, they can't because biology just doesn't work out. And so, uh, the power to create life is even in question there. so that, that's the type of things that i'll I'll get into my experience of reading pretty much every issue this happens. And the first bit yeah, I mean the the superhero story a little bit is, is kind of it's intentionally to be supposed to be conventional. He is a very, you know, Sun Star is a very strong, chiseled guy. Although here you see, uh, he's kind of, in this, in this issue six, he's kind of bit beaten up. <laughs> and, and both he and Jesus are getting vegetables thrown at him. Anyway, that's conventional. The stuff when it gets to Jesus, and sometimes it flashes back to, say, first century, Galilee, Jerusalem sometimes it flashes even back further and even the series starts with creation and again it, this doesn't try and actually have any any real pertinence to christian doctrine there is a god the father who there's a god figure and it's kind of again a conventional trope of He's not lazy or laissez-faire, but he's given up on on humanity. Right? He's, um, you know, after after the fall happens, and you know, and then he, he gives us one last chance of the first coming. Sends sends Jesus down, sends his son down, and they crucify him, <laughs> and and that's the last straw for God there of. Uh, You know, I, uh, you know, I'm done with these these people. I'm done, you know, I'm just going to be grumpy, sit around, do my God thing. And then, you know, and Jesus is kind of, kind of in my situation a little bit, just doing the boomerang thing, like comes back to heaven. He's 33, doesn't know what he's doing with his life doesn't quite get along well with his dad decides, okay, I'm going to go back down to earth and try and inspire people again and and bring out the best in them. And, you know, with my theological training, I get my first impression there whenever I'm reading through. And there, there are similar instances where, um, You know, one of the things that the author puts into Jesus' mouth is really what maybe maybe this is a bit the premise of the series a little bit is uh, to say I've come and I came the first time and I've come now to say you don't necessarily need God to lead you and to help you. What you need is just within you yourselves, and a very humanist message that. Uh, frankly, that's a, I, I get hung up on a little bit, right? I get hung up on uh, both this dichotomy between father and son, this duality. I get hung up on, uh, yeah, picturing God the Father as, as, well, as someone other than God the Son. <laughs> because that's really what Son of God means, is it, the exact imprint. And they get hung up on, okay, yet another humanist message, a secular message. Oh, we don't need God. We just need ourselves, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, you know, I, 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 I think I'm reading Gary um, McCulloch's History of Christianity, and Augustine's claim of original sin just keeps cropping up. And I've gotten to the part of the Reformation. This is the longest, that's the longest book I've ever read, a thousand pages about original sin and how that keeps coming up as a uh, a doctrine that Christians have to wrestle with, especially in the West. It's a belief that try as we might, we're not enough, and our attempt to try without God is doomed to destruction and violence. And so turning within ourselves, we have all we need. I mean, that just hasn't been my experience of life, right? And, and Original Sin, the reason it keeps cropping up is because I believe it's a reality we have to contend with, right? So I get hung up on those things. I'm like, oh, where's this going? Where's this going? Thankfully, I've been trained six issues in to expect... Well, first of all, to be able to sit with, with that. Like, there's not... Things I'm just not going to agree with. Things that are a reflection of what people have been taught. And and this is where it actually turns into a far more serious discussion. this comic turns into a far more serious discussion. Is the reason we can actually depict this in a semi-serious comic book. Is because people have been taught that Jesus, the Son, came to hold back the Father's wrath. <laughs> uh, that God, that God doesn't, this well, that this one God doesn't want much to do with us. So this other God wants to come and say, uh, have to do with yourselves. And that, that's not entirely untrue. But I'm saying. The whole penal substitution idea, and not even really reflecting on what Son of God means. It's in the atmosphere. Every single issue I have read goes along in this thing that I'm like, where is this going? What's he saying here? And that at some point, the shoe just drops, and Jesus... We see Jesus do something or say something that is just utterly profound and definitely truthful and true to what the Christian message is. I'm trying to find it in issue six, I don't know if I'll be able to find it on the spot. Um. Yeah, here it is. So here, well, I'll, I'll do the example. I found the ish- example in issue six, so I'll get to that. But example in issue one is really where it clicks it off. And, and what's interesting is it's still not correct doctrinally, but it still gets at the heart of what I believe God is trying to do in the world and show in the world. Uh, the, that first issue really sets up the whole tension about power and the power to create life and the power to take life that Sunstar has well, he has the power to take life. He doesn't have the power to create life as much as he would love to have a kid. He and his partner would love to have a kid. It flashes back to, uh, I believe, I'm trying to recall. Wow. I wasn't able to pull up the first issue, but it flashes back to Jesus on this very Maundy Thursday, on, on the, the day that he was betrayed. And, um, yeah, it, it isn't exactly Judas, but it's someone who could have helped Jesus out. There's a scenario that, that's created where someone could have helped Jesus out and uh, he doesn't because he has his own self to look after. Instead, Jesus gets caught and gets later betrayed by Judas and then crucified. It would be interesting to see if Judas comes up in this. I don't recall. I don't think he does. I don't know. He hasn't yet, I should say. Um, so this this horrible thing happens where this other guy has let him down. Anyway, it, it goes forward. Jesus is tried and arrested and tried and is carrying the, the cross uh, along the well, it's now known it as the Via Dolorosa, right? He's carrying the cross to Golgotha, and the guy who comes, the guy who who let him down before, he's he's devastated, and he's, what did I do? What? How did I neglect you? And Jesus stops and gives him a hug, and then goes on and is crucified, and. Um, reflecting on this later in uh, well reflecting on this in our current time i believe to sunstar or to somebody he says you know people think the crucifixion is the most important thing i did that day but it was really this hug of forgiveness embrace of forgiveness to this person in, in his devastation in his brokenness and What's so amazing there then is, even on the surface, saying, "Well, the crucifixion was just a thing that happened." What he, what, what Mark Russell is really doing is saying, maybe, maybe even without knowing it, I don't know, this is what the crucifixion means. This is what the incarnation means, is creating life through mercy creating life in the midst of death by coming and embracing us in our brokenness and showing it uh, literally, precisely in that moment. That was in issue one. Now in issue six, uh, it happens a little bit in microcosm, right? And I'll be able to read a little bit, if I can... (laughs) Um, do, yeah, describe the picture too a little bit. So, Jesus is talking about faith, and he's even having some struggles even back here on earth with Sunstar, with all these questions of power and and violence. And, um, and he goes back even further, of course, to Abraham and Isaac. And, um, and so here he says, here's this Jesus saying, you know, according to the Bible, God chose Abraham to raise His chosen people because of Abraham's incredible faith, uh, and and it shows God going to Abraham and saying, you need to do this these ridiculous things, like circumcise himself, and he went with it, and and it. He's setting it up that we think the Abraham story is really about blind faith. And we think it's about uh, just doing something because God says so. Right? Um, And so, Abraham, God tells Abraham, go and sacrifice Isaac. Um, Right? So Abraham's faith was so great that he even agreed to sacrifice his own son Isaac simply because God asked it of him. But to be honest, even the guy with the most faith on that mountain, to be honest, Abraham wasn't even the guy with the most faith on that mountain. That title would go to Isaac. And it shows Isaac saying, it's okay, Father, God wills it, then let it be done. And Isaac, of course, not quite knowing what's happening here. So that title would go to Isaac, the man who handed Abraham the knife and has Abraham uh, holding the knife above Isaac. And so it has Jesus saying, I used to be a, a strong believer in faith. Now I see that faith, like childhood, is just another form of Stockholm Syndrome. And... God saying to Jesus, forgiveness, you call that a religion. Um, and and at this point, again, this is this great example of faith being like a form of Stockholm, Stockholm Syndrome, like childhood. Uh, believing in anything beyond ourselves that immature. And that's that point where we're like, what, what's he doing? What's he saying? What's happening here? Where is he going? I had that, again, the thing in my stomach. Like, oh, come on. Not again. And including in this very bubble. So here it is. Um, I'm here to tell you. So this is Jesus in, in the 21st century now. At a, at a, a party with uh, a vegetable plate. I'm here to tell you that the world doesn't need your faith. There, yeah, it doesn't need your faith. It needs your conviction. If you only believe something because you think God wants you to, then you don't really believe it. In a way, faith is the opposite of belief. Faith binds you together. It gives you confidence that you're doing the right thing. But to have faith in someone is to hand them a knife. I guess what I'm saying is, choose wisely to whom you give the knife. And then it goes, the the, the response is them being angry, and then they're beating him up. and, Yeah, and it's, it's immediate, the, the crowd that's there, and there's other reasons why. I don't want to spoil it for you. But we can see right there, Uh, why people give it such a backlash without actually reading it. I almost wonder if, in some ways, the response is, because Mark Russell is presenting to a lot of Christians in his context, his American context, an image of God the Father, who loves the Sunstar guy because he can go in and take action and kick tar? Uh, an image of God, an image of power, as the power to take life, and that we have to blindly follow, right? And we have to blindly give the knife away. And exposes just how empty and false that is. This comic can expose just how untrue that is to the scriptural narrative. Right? And exposes then that that's not faith, that's childishness. right? And it, There's an important difference between childishness and childhood and childhood, childlikeness. Right? I mean, another way of talking about faith is trust. And What's true is the church and even the narratives, the the ways we've communicated the Christian faith, the Christian narrative, it's lost a lot of people's trust because we've used our knives unwisely. (laughs) We've given our knives away unwisely. We've given a, a knife to a guy who just today in his impeachment trial he said he makes mistakes for a living. Someone said it about him. we give giving him nuclear codes, right? In the name of defending us and our, our faith. Right. And instead, we need the conviction to say, really, and well, definitely to hold our leaders accountable. The conviction, even to know. Uh, how do I want to put this? To expect God to act justly and to God, for God to act rightly. And so that we, when we hear God's will, it will, if we hear God's will and if it accords with his mission to create life through mercy, through forgiveness, through love, through justice then we can trust that God will act. If instead it's, you know, we hear God and it's really fear and anger and distrust and entrenchment, entrenching our defense, maybe we're not hearing God very clearly. Maybe we are have blind faith in our own, frankly in our own institutions, in ourselves, to defend ourselves and to shore ourselves up so that's really in a way coming full circle yes one of the surface messages of second coming is uh, we don't need faith we need to trust ourselves and discern and part of that the discernment within ourselves who we give the knife to who we trust with our lives But you know the the Jesus that, frankly, I'll, I'll say this. You know the Jesus that is shown here, which I'd say in in a lot of ways accords well with the Jesus of the Gospels, the Christ of faith. I mean, you give him the knife. <laughs> why not? I mean, why you know. Um, the one who says, you know, if you live by the sword, die by the sword, but I've come to bring life. Now he says, there are other things that I've come not to bring peace, but a sword, and does that, but he that's targeted at the money changers, and that's targeted at the people who think they're in power, but uh, or who, who think to use their power... To defend themselves in their own interests and are are slashing their knife around willy nilly and using just war theory just to throw their knives around as an excuse. Okay. Similar here, here I do bring it back to what I was saying though is I was saying last week with Star Wars with last uh, Rise of Skywalker and the prequel trilogy, right? it's there is a positive message of faith in second coming. Right. There is someone we can entrust the knife to. Oh. It'd be interesting to see, and, and the, there is a bit of a twist at the end with all that. I won't spoil for you, but it will be interesting to see how this keeps going I don't know if I'm the only one who has this kind of reaction to this book I don't know if that's actually what he's going for a little bit but uh, what I do know is I'm very I'm still intrigued (laughs) by how that specific it's becoming the point for me is this reaction from I don't know where he's going I'm kind of hung up on this to oh the shoe dropping this is what this issue is about. This is what this book is about. So, I, I don't think I've spoiled too much for you. Um, you know, I think, yeah, I, de- I definitely recommend check out. If, if you're unsure, just t- take one step onto the water and, and check out the first issue. Um, I, I don't know if it's in any stores anymore, but uh, it could be. It's available on digital. So check that out. This is a uh, uh, again. I want to give my comics some more love. Thinking about, don't know if I'm going to go for a full on uh, pull list type of series or or feature, just because I don't do features anymore on this podcast. But we'll see. We'll see what I what I come up with in terms of, uh, yeah, in terms of where the comics, where the Star Wars comics especially are going. Because they're going, they're making, they've just made a beeline to Empire Strikes Back and they're they're making a beeline to just the however, how many months between that and Return of the Jedi. So, see where that goes. And again, Charles Soule taking care of business. Yeah, Picard airing in about uh, 40 minutes time. So, you'll definitely hear my reactions to that too. But for now, this was a look at the first arc and my reaction to the first arc of Second Coming. It's a story by Mark Russell, art by Richard Pace, and with uh, Leonard Kirk, Andy Troy, Rob Steen, um, and, and the initial concepts by Mark Russell and Richard Pace. So I recommend it. I found it. I find it worthwhile, especially... That moment's almost cathartic sometimes in light of all the Christianities that are floating around. <laughs> and, yeah, even it, it's spiritually enriching to read this book. So, so, Mark, if you're listening, thank you for putting it out and for having the, the bravery to put it out. Hopefully people begin to get it a little better. Uh, I should add one last thing. The letters at the end. Um, a lot of them are, are always very interesting, and I don't usually read in matter like that. But they're very honest, right? People who really struggle with this book are are included as much as people who uh, who just love every moment of it. So here's my my semi struggle that hopefully comes out at the other end of each issue. So again, thank you. Uh, thank you Mark and the rest for creating this book it, it's, the art's cool the art's great um, very distinct style that makes it very clear what time period it's talking about and uh, yeah, definitely worthwhile and support your local comic book store support the comic book industry generally that's always a thing I'm going to plug so Yes, this has been episode 52 of For Christ's Sake, Anakin, uh, Second Coming, Second Look. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter and comment on Twitter at N-E-U-G 485. You can give me a follow on Instagram at M-N-E-U-G 1138. I'll, uh, I'll, yeah, uh, you, you can find the, the book. It's not that hard to find. It's called Second Coming. Uh um, yeah, and, and hopefully finding the time to, to get to regular regular podcasting here because it's a good endeavor. Right. So again, this has been your host, Matthew Nigebauer. Thanks for listening. May the force be with you all right.